Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, we have a special guest, Douglas Mohall. We'll be sharing his insight on environmental health, heart disease, and the future of medical therapies. We'll be discussing everything from impact on our environment, on our health, to the roles of inflammation in heart disease. So get ready for a conversation that's going to challenge your perspective and inspire you to take action. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe. I'm thrilled to have you here. Whether it's your first time or you've been here before, thank you. And really, thank you for listening. Before we dive into the conversation with Douglas Mahal, I want to emphasize the importance of seeking professional medical advice. Please consult with doctor before attempting anything we mention in the discussion. Our focus today was to resolve around roots cause of certain health issues like inflammation. I'm truly fascinated with this topic, so however, I want to emphasize I'm not a medical professional. So if it's crucial to conduct your own research and consult with your doctor for personal guidance. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Doug Mohall. Welcome to the podcast, Douglas. Well, Joe, thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Right, before we get into the book, I want a little bit more about you. How did you get into this kind of field and stuff like that? Well, it's interesting. You know, I'm not a, a physician and I'm not about to give anybody medical advice. They should definitely consult their doctor uh, before getting into this topic. But I actually came at this from environmental health, which I've been working on for the past 30 years. That's my, my specialty. And that means basically uh, looking at the impacts that an environment has on our health and that we have in our, our, on our environment and how to actually improve, actively improve uh, human health by taking a new look at the way that we relate to our environment. And this runs across technologies from medical to buildings to products, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason that this is relevant here is because about three or four years ago, the, the leading health ministers from the G7 countries issued a declaration stating that the biggest risk to human existence is not many of the things that people think of, like global warming or COVID or whatever, but actually it has to do with antimicrobial resistance, that is drug resistance, because we're putting so many of these drugs into the human body and into animals that we're creating enormous amounts of resistance in the environment and in the human body. And these uh, microbes and viruses are actually becoming uh, resistant to our, our therapies. And they, they see this as the biggest problem. This is an environmental health issue. And so actually environmental health is the biggest single issue facing uh, humanity uh, today in, in, in so many aspects. So the way that I came at this was because the therapy that we're, one of the therapies we're about to talk about um, actually addresses that question of resistance very directly by dramatically reducing the amount of drug that goes into the body while increasing its efficiency. And so this means that the body excretes almost none of the drug. And this is hugely beneficial for uh, improving our, our approach to uh, antimicrobial Resistance. So that's that's actually how I, I kind of backed into it. But the other reason I came into it is because 
My father died of heart disease mm -hmm. and they actually were never able to tell me precisely what killed him, which really shocked me uh, because, you know, so many people had heart disease. I was trying to figure out why can't these people, these doctors tell me what exactly did my father die from? And that inspired me 30 years ago to start on this road to exploring what the topic of the book is, which is stopping the inflammation storm, because actually that's the conclusion that I came to. Well, I'm curious too. I mean, what is the definition of heart disease anyways? Okay, that's a great place to start. Because if you ask most people, and actually a lot of doctors today still, you say, where does heart disease get started? I mean, you know, when, when you hear the term heart disease, it covers a whole broad spectrum of things. Everything from aneurysms to clogged arteries to hardening of the arteries, et cetera. So it's a broad catch-all phrase that is used. But actually, when you get down to it, it used to be thought that there were two types of arterial hardening that actually lead to heart disease. One happens in the wall of the artery and the other happens in the artery itself with the buildup of all of these, uh, these fats and, and calcifications and everything else. And that's what most people hear about. You know, they hear about clogged arteries, cholesterol, et cetera, et cetera. But the biggest myth around is that that's where heart disease starts because it's not true. And it's been known for many, many years that something precedes the development of all of this buildup uh, in your arteries. And the reason that most doctors haven't known about it until recently is because actually our detection science, our diagnostic science, was not really well developed enough until about 10 years ago to see what was going on at the molecular level in our arteries. So it was understandable. The first signs that everybody saw of heart disease was this, these buildups uh, in, in the artery. But that's not really where it starts at all. It starts in the wall of the artery, and it starts with the elastic fiber that drives every movement in the human body. What is that? Now, what, is the elastic, well, what is elastic fiber? I'm kind of curious about that. It's called elastin. And it is the longest lasting protein in the human body. If you flex your hands or you stand up or you walk around or you breathe or your heart beats, you are using elastin. Elastin is a remarkable fiber in the human body because it expands and contracts to eight times its standing length in a fraction of a second, trillions of times during a lifetime. Now, uh, just imagine inventing a substance that did that. <laughs> so it's, it's an incredibly uh, versatile, tough, and remarkable uh, substance. But there's one thing that happens to it. Just one thing that happens to everybody on Earth around the age of 25. It, it varies by individual. And that is your body stops manufacturing the fiber. Oh. It still manufactures the building blocks, but they just don't come together in this fiber anymore, which means that as it degrades, and I'll explain in a minute why it degrades, you don't replace it. So guess what happens? What? You start to get what is known as an inflammatory cascade because as 
elastin degrades. It is damaged by a whole bunch of things, everything from infection to radiation to oxidizing substances in bad diet. So there's, there's, there's 15 different types of injuries that can occur uh, to elastin. And when this happens, elastin sends out a cry for help. It's just like an injury or an infection. And so the body responds to it, guess what? Mm -hmm. With inflammation, because it goes to clean out the damage and then repair it. The only problem is, and this is actually a mistake of nature. This is one of nature's nasty errors in the human body. It actually causes what we call an inflammatory cascade because you keep getting the damage to the elastin. It keeps cleaning it out, but not replacing it. So the elastin fragments that are constantly being damaged are actually causing this inflammatory response. Mm -hmm. And that is happening in this case in the arteries, right in the middle of the artery wall. And when that happens, then you get this thickening of the artery due to the inflammation and you get the buildup of what is commonly known as hardening of the arteries, but is technically known as calcification. And that's the buildup of calcium deposits. And the, the body is really what they're, tr what it's trying to do is stabilize and wall off what it, it, de it detects as being an, an external injury or inflammation. So this is a standard process in the body. You know, the body's trying to wall off this damage, but the unintended effect of this is that it stiffens the arteries and voila, that's how heart disease gets started. So then, as this, this hardening then moves on its way from the, the middle of the artery wall through to the artery itself, then you start to get the reaction as it's exposed, exposed to the blood. And when this happens, that's when you start to get all this buildup of these fatty plaque. But the science is absolutely clear. Huh? It, this begins in the artery wall completely undetected. And, you know, there were a couple of science papers published only in, in 2018, asking the question, are we really able to detect the beginning of heart, of heart disease? And the answer in this paper was clearly no, uh, not with the standard medical tests that we're doing uh, today. And that actually brings me to, okay, you know, what can you do about this? I mean, if you can't see this stuff building up, uh, you know, what, what, what's the problem? And, and that comes to sort of the the subject matter of what we're talking about, then that is how to avoid being a dead dad. <laughs> That's at, what I was thinking about a second ago. At, at an early age. And uh, what's happening is that more and more young dads, uh, you know, even in their 30s, but now in their, you know, a lot more in their 40s and certainly in their 50s, are having what's called silent heart attacks. And the first sign of these is death. So it's in 50% of people, or more or less, it's completely unexpected. You know, they just, they just, they don't show the symptoms. They don't have these, these classic buildups. And guess what? This is because of the weakening of the artery wall, what we talked about just a few minutes ago. I had a quick question before we go any further. I was wondering about yep. the calcification. Does it happen any other place in the body besides the arteries? Oh, it happens all over the place. Uh, for example, kidney stones are calcification. When you have stroke, you know, a lot of that is due to calcification. The aneurysms that uh, are extremely dangerous 
result from a weakening of the artery wall and calcification is quite frequently involved there. You get calcification of the skin, which is known as calciphylaxis. Mm -hmm. So calcification is this standard reaction of the body to an injury or an infection when it, it just can't deal with it. Uh, anymore. And so it's kind of like, you know, the, the best laid intentions uh, gone awry. Mm -hmm. And so the, the body just keeps overreacting. And we call this the injury, inflammation, calcification cascade. And this leads to many of the chronic diseases that exist today, which is why we call this the inflammation storm, because sooner or later, uh, this eventually kills you. Well, it's interesting too. Also, I was thinking about also the special fibers and stuff like that. Where else? I mean, when I think of the special fiber, I think of like ligaments in your arms, your legs, your knees. Is that also a, a part of the special fiber? Yes. The, uh, the the amount of elastin varies in different parts of your body. It, but it's uh, conventionally all of this is called connective tissue, and that's exactly where it occurs. So, connective tissue can be in your arteries. It can be in in anything that 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 connects uh, one piece of the body to another that has to expand and contract. And that is where the elastin is uh, found. And it's a good thing you bring up this topic of elastin again, because, and I just as full disclosure here, I'm, I'm chairman of a company called Elastrin uh, Therapeutics, and we're working on uh, elastin repair. And I'm doing this because... Until recently, no one, and I want to emphasize this, no one, no approved therapy on the market today could actually reverse the damage to elastin in the arteries and in the lungs. And by the way, elastin is uh, heavily populating the lung sacs. That's why your lungs can expand and, and contract. So until very recently, no one could actually repair this stuff. So it's been known for 75 years. It's been identified. There have been thousands of scientific papers written about it, but hardly anybody has heard about elastin. Okay. Now, what the, the breakthrough is, is that two things have happened. First of all, scientists have discovered how to synthesize elastin and then how to put that synthetic elastin into the skin to repair wounds. And this was a remarkable breakthrough. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was developed at the University of Sydney by Anthony Weiss and his team also working with Harvard University and a few other universities. And they actually developed a very successful company out of it that was just sold uh, to a pharmaceuticals company. It was the largest buyout in the uh, history of Australian startups. <laughs> uh, and you can imagine why, because they, they figured how to do this. But what they haven't managed to do yet is to actually target damage to last in, in the arteries deep in the body. And that's what our technology has done. And when I say our technology, this was actually developed by Dr. Naren Vivahari, who is the head of the SC Biocraft facility at Clemson University mm -hmm. uh, in South Carolina. And Dr. Vivahari, after 20 years of research, did a absolutely remarkable thing. He figured out not only how to target elastin, but how to repair it. So he developed uh, an antibody along with Dr. Charles Rice, who is also at Clemson University. And that antibody can go straight to the site of damaged elastin. And then he also developed 
a naturally derived drug which causes elastin to reformulate itself. And so they have demonstrated that by targeting elastin and putting this drug directly to the site of injury, they have actually been able to restore elastin. Not only have they been able to do that, but using another drug with the same targeting, they have been able to do something that no approved drug on the market today can do. I had a quick question. Any examples, any tests or something that like an injury somebody had that they that they use this therapy and then and it worked? Okay, they they just they have managed to reverse calcification in heart disease in animal models. And this has never been done before. Now, addressing your question, the targeting of elastin is still at the laboratory level. It'll probably be about four or five years before it comes to market. However, uh, the elastin synthesis technology is in clinical trials right now for skin wounds. And so you can expect to see that come onto the market quite soon. But addressing your question and getting back to our how to avoid being a dead dad, the tests that you can do for this right now are, one of them is remarkably simple, non-invasive, and completely safe. And it's called the carotid intima media thickness test, the C-I-M-T. And this has been around for years and years, but the detection has really improved. And I mean, I've had it many, many times. All you need to do is go into your doctor's office and many, many doctor's offices today have got this apparatus. It consists of what essentially is an ultrasound scanner, a handheld ultrasound scanner that uh, is run across the, the side of your neck where your carotid artery is, is located. And it gives an ultrasound image right in the doctor's office, right in real time, and the patient can see it. And it shows two things. And actually, most doctors think it only shows one thing, but it shows another very important thing. The important thing that it shows that most doctors don't know about <laughs> is the actual thickness of the carotid artery wall. Now, when you uh, go back to what I said earlier in the interview about this problem starting in the wall of the artery, you can see why this is so important. Because the thickness of the wall will give you an indication if you actually are starting to have an issue long before anything shows up inside the artery. So this thickness is a really important indicator of whether you've got an inflammatory response, a lot of damage to elastin, etc. Then the other thing it will show is the, the buildup of plaque in the carotid artery. And, and the carotid artery is like a window to the rest of the body. So it does give you a really good indication of what's going on. So imagine, you know, 15 minute quick test, not expensive at all. And unfortunately, this is only usually administered to people, you know, over 60 or maybe, you know, in their fifties. And, you know, if you want to be a responsible dad and you're in your early forties, I would go in and I would demand this test because it's so simple, it's so easy, and you know it'll it'll also set you at ease. Now it's not a hundred percent indicator. It's mm-hmm. it's just you know it, it will tell you if something is visually there that can be seen. And the technology's gotten a lot better and a lot more precise. Um, the other technology that is available is called coronary calcium score. So this basically measures the amount of calcification buildup uh, in your coronary artery. 
Now, there's another score that's connected to that. It's called the whole body scan or the CT scan. And this is a much broader measure. And actually, more and more is being used because this is a type of Mm x-ray. So you got to watch. You don't want to have one every day, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, so it's to be clear, you know, it does involve radiation. But the level of radiation in the new technologies has dramatically declined. So these are much safer than they, they used to be. So you have these two types of tests, the coronary artery scan and then the whole body scan. And increasingly, these are giving a really good idea. And you, you can get 3D imaging now. Oh, wow. If, if there's buildup of, of calcification, both in the artery wall and in the, in the artery itself. So these are two tests that you can have right now that, the, of course, the CAC score uh, is more expensive and, you know, you have to go into usually a facility to have this done. But uh, a lot more doctors are beginning to, uh, to recommend it. So these are things that you can do right now, absolutely, today. Any way, like, any way to prevent, that can, like, maybe prevent buildup of the calcium in the arteries? Ah, glad you mentioned it. <laughs> so, yes, there are a lot of things. But, you know, I'm going to start with something that most people don't talk about because it's increasingly be accepted that a lot of things like diet and exercise, which I'll get to in a moment, of course, you know, everyone's heard it. Uh, these will help to uh, reduce your, your risk of heart disease. And very recently, actually, uh, Mayo Clinic on, on Mayo TV <laughs> had an interview with a cardiologist, their own cardiologist, who has now started to reflect what a lot of cardiologists have been saying uh, out in the forefront for about the past 10 years. And that is it can actually be reversed with these uh, approaches, which really amazed me because when you get you know, official groups like the Mayo Clinic starting to say this, it's really becoming mainstream and understood now that you can uh, reverse the heart disease. But, you know, I, I'm going to get to that in a moment because the fact is when you're a stressed out dad, mm-hmm. the last thing you need to be told is, you know, all you need to do is do this, 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 and that. And you're going <laughs> to, you know, and you're saying, oh, great. Dad, like between taking care of the kid and my, uh, and my startup company, when am I supposed to do that? <laughs> so, so what I'm going to get to, first of all, is a couple of therapeutic approaches. Uh, and, and some of them you can't even call therapies. And I'll, I'll explain that uh, in a minute. But to be clear, at the moment, there is really no approved, there's no FDA approved drug on the market that has ever been acknowledged by regulators as reversing heart disease. So let, let me be clear about that, which shows you what the disconnect is. Because on the other hand, there are a lot of leading cardiologists out there who are showing anecdotal evidence in terms of calcium scores and the other diagnostics that I just spoke about we're showing reversal of this. So there's this disconnect between the types of drugs that are out there on the market and this reversal of heart disease that is being shown by well-known cardiologists, you know, like Joel Kahn, for example. He's got best-selling books out there. He's been doing this stuff for years. Uh, you know, he's an integrative medicine cardiologist. And, you know, he's got lots of evidence on his website of calcium scores being reduced uh, the the artery age uh, being improved, et cetera. So 
you know, what's going on here is the question. Why, <laughs> why is there this uh, disconnect? And the reason there's the disconnect is because there are things that, uh, that you can do in terms of diet and exercise. But, but again, I'm digressing because I want to mention a couple of nutraceuticals. And I also, as disclosure, I want to say I don't own any interest in these companies. But there are a couple of nutraceuticals that are out there that are being used and are being recommended uh, by very, very high level cardiologists, you know, including the cardiologist, the, the, the doctor who works with Ray Kurzweil, who's one of the world's best known technologists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he is recognizing and acknowledging the value of this nutraceutical. Joel Kahn has endorsed it, uh, you know, a number of other uh, high uh, level cardiologists have endorsed it. And you can see this on the company's website. The product is called Nanoback TX. And the interesting thing is, it's been in the market for 20 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> yeah, heard Like it's not some new cure-all, you know, type of thing. But as with a lot of these approaches over the past 20 years, it has run into uh, resistance from regulators who say, look, you can't claim that you're reversing these diseases because that would be a drug. And to be a drug, you need regulatory approval which means that you need to spend half a billion dollars, you know, getting this approved. So the result is that these nutraceutical approaches, especially, have had to be extremely careful about what they claim. Uh, They can claim improving heart health, et cetera, et cetera, but they cannot claim we are a therapy that reverses heart disease. So here's again this disconnect. See, evidence uh, of of reversal of these uh, indicators uh, by these types of approaches. And on the other hand, none of the approved drugs are doing the same uh, thing. So the answer to your question is, yes, there are strategies out there that uh, that can reverse this. Now I'm going to get into the more traditional stuff. Okay. Although a lot of traditional cardiologists actually still don't, don't recognize this, but they're beginning to. Mm-hmm. So that is very simply um, plant-based diet which is clearly shown. Now, why plant-based diet? Very simple. Plant-based diets are anti-inflammatory. Okay. They're not dumping all of these, these, these oxidants and all of these insults into your body that are causing uh, the destruction of the elastin in the wall of your artery and causing this inflammation calcification cascade. So the plant-based diet has clearly been shown especially, for example, for high-performing athletes okay, uh, to be extremely effective. So it's not some wacky, far-out, crazy thing anymore. I mean, it's sweeping the planet. As you know, the plant-based diets are all over the place now, and it's a good thing. So this is one of the things you can do. And by the way, I have to say, mm-hmm. uh, my wife, who is uh, an environmental engineer, is one of the best plant-based cooks I know. And she has proven to me beyond any doubt that you can eat fantastic, delicious, wonderful food and not want for meat or cheese or any of this other uh, stuff. So anyone who thinks that a plant-based diet is about just eating greens and missing everything. I have one quick question. What is one of the dishes she makes as a plant-based diet that you really enjoy? Actually, her pasta dishes, her pasta primavera, for example, is fantastic. There's a lot of pasta that's made without eggs now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's, 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 it's just fantastic. I love her veggie burgers. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. And her rice noodle dishes are out of this world. 
you know, and this is really delicious stuff. I mean, I really look forward to, you know, to lunch and dinner. So it's one of the high points of my day. So I just want to emphasize that, yeah, and, and there's, a, there, there's a lot of chefs out there that are now doing stuff. So, uh, you know, there's one called, uh, her name is Liv. Mm-hmm. And if you go on YouTube, she has a whole uh, series there. And I, you know, highly recommend uh, her stuff. She's actually out of Halifax, Canada, and she's just doing a fantastic uh, job. So this is a revolution in the making. And the other thing that this does, getting back to environmental health, mm-hmm. is it's the best thing that you can do for the planet. Because one of the worst contributors to uh, global warming and to groundwater pollution is animal husbandry is, uh, you know, growing animals for meat. Okay. This is, this is one of our biggest problems. Uh, uh, methane emissions into the atmosphere, pollution from all of the fertilizers that are used to grow these crops. You know, most, most of our farmland has been used to grow crops for cows. It's crazy. Oh, okay. So, so you're, you couldn't do any better thing than really going towards a plant-based diet. And that doesn't mean you have to start, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm not completely religious about it, and either are people like Bill Clinton. But I, the reason I'm mentioning Clinton is because he had a quadruple bypass about 15 years ago. And when I heard that, I said, if he doesn't change his diet, he's going to be dead in five years. And lo and behold, five years later, all of his, his stents clogged up, and he got a reality check. And that's when he went on a plant-based diet uh, with um, uh, Dr. Esselstein's uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Caldwell Esselstein is one of the, uh, you know, real leaders in, in plant-based plate uh, diets. And, you know, don't take it from me. You should read these guys' books. I mean, Joel Kahn's books and Esselstein's books, they're all out there. Uh, they're very well researched. So, you know, you don't have to take it from me. Yeah, Clinton did this and he lost about, oh, I don't know, like 20 pounds. Oh, wow. And that's why he's still alive today because his his arteries haven't, haven't uh, clogged up. He would have been dead 10 years ago if he hadn't have done that. So that's really proof in the pudding. Well, wrapping up, final thoughts. Anything you want to leave with the dads out there about the test, about the arteries, and anything you can leave with them? Yeah, test, don't guess. You know, go and do it. And I would also say, you know, have a, a look at the Nanobac TX website. It's nanobiotechpharma.com. But, you know, you just, just Google Nanobac TX. There's another product out there called Detox Max. I don't know a huge amount about it, but so Nanobac TX isn't the only thing on the market. Start looking into plant-based diets. These are easy things that you can do. And get out there every 50, every, you know, 15 minutes for every day and get some exercise. <laughs> so, this, so, you know, this is the key thing and a really simple thing you can do during the day. Every hour, if you're at the computer, get up and walk around. So those are just, you know, things that everybody can do that will really help. And finally, if you want to read about all of this, the book is being published in the next few months. It's called Stop the Inflammation Storm and it's at inflammationstorm.com. Well, thank you, Douglas. Thank you much for being on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Joe, thank you very much for having me. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and give my extended my gratitude to Douglas Muller for being a great guest on the podcast. You want to find more of him, visit inflammationstorm.com. You can see, you can get all access to relevant links in the show notes at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 131. Please, if you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment in the show notes, even send an email. I'd love to hear from you. It's really important. 
all my personal contact information, please visit nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. Final thoughts. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate you being here. And this conversation is really interesting, so I thought you might enjoy it. So as wrapping up, I want to sincerely thank you again, listening. Until next time, see you soon. <laughs>